Back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the deuce of January, year of our Lord 2022. I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. Most economic analysts believe that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. <laughs> Transitory. And the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. It's un- highly unlikely that it's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand. I don't know anybody who's worried about inflation. Over the last couple of months, uh, we actually saw it trended downward. President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, enthusiastically retweeted an economist who had said in part, most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, etc., are high class problems. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is- and welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast's Year in Review. Oh yeah, baby girl. We're going to have some fun on this one. So I started with a very fat-looking person on the way back. That's how we started our January 2nd show. And then just two minutes of, we're not going to have inflation. It's going to be a reduced show compared to most years because we have so much stuff to go over. I want to make sure we start with what we learned last one. All the lies, I'm not going to reread them because... You're smart people, but this year we did 61 shows. I apologize for that. Usually much more. 8,200 listens year wide. The number one show was 123.22, followed by 4122, 323, then 624, FOP 624, and FOP 610. Um, that was uh, 160 listens, 165, 160, and 155. Top listeners are not going to be read because it's, you know, like me, I don't show up, and Matt Oregon doesn't show up because we use a different app. And these are halves, really. I mean, I, I probably had 15,000 listens, but this pulls in whoever listened on SoundCloud. In the United States, we had 6,800, so probably about 10K. Germany had 1,000. Singapore, Columbus, Ohio, Ashburn, Virginia, and Des Moines, Iowa were the top listens. 
and it looks like it's only saying SoundCloud app. So not a not a great year for stats because I didn't put out as many shows as I usually do. Um, but what the hell? Uh, Want to make sure we get some stuff in as we go along. Our first thing is going to be hypocrisy. And I want to cover it because this week something very interesting happened. Uh, The President of the United States decided to leave the country. All right. And this was a story about Cruz last fall going to Cancun. But boys and girls... The president went to St. fucking Croix, and even though he fights climate change, we flew a fucking bill to him. Shapiro, remember when Cruz was the worst person in the world for being in West family during a giant Texas storm, while Joe Biden took off for St. Croix and Eric Adams to the Virgin Islands during the worst freezing weather event in decades to media, we then flew a fucking bill to him. So I want to make sure we remember, this is our media. It's okay for the left to do whatever the fuck they want, and we don't even cover this, all right? We, we don't cover it. I don't know why we don't cover it, because you think it would be what is good for the goose is good for the ganda, but it's clearly not. Another interesting thing that happened, and it's going to be out of order. This is Biden when Trump stopped COVID in 2020 and said, you got to get a test before you come back in the country. This was the same time Democrats were saying, go down to Chinatown or else you're a motherfucking racist. Well, boys and girls of all ages... We're banning people from coming. And I just think it's really apropos because the media is not going to cover it. It's pretty fucking bad that we can't have a consistent media. So let's do some sound bites and have some fun. Then we'll get into the slideshow. We're going to start with The View. The cackling people that can lie about the Holocaust and nothing happens. So we have some short sound bites followed by 36 corrections they had to do this year because of their incessant fucking lying over and over and over and fucking over. The end of abortion rights? The pillars of American justice are shaking over a leaked opinion draft from Supreme Court conservatives making the case to overturn Roe v. Wade. How the left warns they're waging war on American women. They they want to turn this country into the handmaid's tale. 
Yeah. You and I were talking before. Yeah. We're not surprised. We saw this coming. My worry is that this is just the beginning. Next, they'll go after gay marriage, and and maybe maybe uh, uh, the board, the what is it, Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah. They already eroded our voting rights a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I see some. I see fascism down the line here. Yeah. I don't know. This is my body. And nobody, you, you know, you got people telling me I got to wear a mask or don't wear a mask or do this. Everybody wants to tell me what to do, but you won't let me make my decision about my body. You are not the person to... Is that the house, uh, uh, that's, um, what's his face? McConnell. Um, he's demanding that the House pass security protections for Supreme Court justices, quote unquote, before the sun sets today. Well, they have they have protections. But you know what? I well, absolutely. But, but, yeah. but they had nothing on Evaldo Evalde so far, and nothing on Buffalo. And it's been at least a month and a half since Buffalo or something. It's been, and it's two weeks since these kids got killed. But that's you know but he's worried about you know the Supreme right. Court. That is his urgency. This, and what I want to know is how come they the reaction is immediate immediate call for legislation. That's what I but just said. But our children get yes. thoughts and prayers. Yes, yeah. There were Republicans and, and thoughts uh, and prayers and mental health. The, what, right. You know, where's the conversation there? Listen, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. None of us should be doing it. That's the bottom line. So y'all stop doing it. We'll stop doing it. We'll encourage. But what's also surprising <laughs> to me is the abortion issue. Um, I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? It's, it's I think like that's they're that's voting, no, it's they're voting against, the voter. We, they're we, voting no, against no. their own self-interest. Do they want to live in Gilead? Okay, do so do we love it in the hands? Do we love tail? democracy or not? Because just saying that it's it's insulting to the voter. People make up decisions on what's right for their family, and the idea that well, the you should have a say women, for everyone else's vote. The fact that women are voting against you their own You had a different view on abortion not that long ago, and you were involved on I have that view. But that issue is right. Why, but then why is another woman but not I am very able to have a different view? That white Republican suburban women but why are voting you so against their own health care. I have not really recently revolved, uh, uh, um, evolved on the issue. I am Catholic. That is my faith. I believe that abortion is wrong for me. There's a separation between state, a government, and church. Well, also, if you're yeah. going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. Maybe it's, yeah. no, it's about a different it, race. But it's, it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's Jews, not about and, ideal and race. It's it's not but these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, how do we have to black people see too. them as white people? But, but you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. It's a problem. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, because black, white, Jews, uh, Italian, everybody eats each other. So is it, if you're uncomfortable, if you hear about mouse, should you be worried? Should, should your child say, oh my God, I, I wonder if that's me? No, that's not what they're going to say. They're going to say, I don't want to be like that. And a Tennessee school pulled the graphic novel Mouse out of their lessons on the Holocaust because it contained 
some nudity and some bad language. Personally, I'm shocked because, you know, given the story of Mouse, I'm, I'm surprised that that's what, that's what made you uncomfortable, the fact that there was some nudity and, uh, I mean, it's, it's about the Holocaust, the killing of six million people, but that didn't, that didn't bother you. Well, why, this is white people doing it to white people. Yeah. So this yeah. is, you know, y'all. I have, ever since I learned about Juneteenth, which wasn't, wasn't as young as you probably did or anyone else, I, I learned a few years ago, and I was like, how did I not know about this, that we were celebrating Fourth of July, which was freedom of America, when freedom of American people didn't happen until Juneteenth. So in some ways, the celebration feels more authentic on Juneteenth. Yeah. It, it's really, it, but I, I do feel really silly. Well, I didn't know it either. I, I mean, I confess, I was, I was unaware of it, mm -hmm. which shows you how lacking uh, our history is in this country and how many people, you know, we should be aware on a day like this that r voting rights are, are being systematically uh, taken away from, from African Americans and mm -hmm. other people too in this country. You gotta be very, very careful. You can celebrate the day, which we do, but there are very important issues at stake here this year. So yeah. it's a good day to reflect on that, I mm -hmm. think. I, I love what I'm hearing because I, I remember years ago, even on this show, Whoopi and I, we're talking about it. And I, I said, you know, my family never celebrated July 4th. Um, and it was met with like so much shock. And it was because, you know, my father was a student of history, my mother a student of history. And yes, learn your history, but also be very vigilant when you're hearing about CRT, alleged CRT in your schools. Um, fight that. You know, fight so that your children know the true history of this country, warts and all. Yeah. I, I, I think you have to make sure that past does not become prologue because I feel that we're seeing this sort of rollback of history and black history is American. Oh, okay, so you have to read this thing. Oh. I've got a legal note. I do have a quick legal note. You gotta milk this cow. Yes, I have a legal note. <laughs> do you have a legal note again? Oh, I do. Funny. Wow, another Wait, one. Two of them. I, ha oh, I, ha I have two girl. legal notes. Ginny denied any conflict of interest between her activism and her husband's work on the Supreme Court. Well, she, she doesn't acknowledged him at night. That's my legal notes. But let me say this very quickly. Ginny Thomas has denied any conflict of interest between her activism and her husband's work. You got a, oh, a legal note. Legal I have note. a legal note. Trump denied Esper's claims about wanting to shoot protesters. I have a legal note. <laughs> No. Simon Lviv denies serial fraud and said he would proceed with a lawsuit for defamation. Congressman <laughs> Loudermilk has denied any wrongdoing. You have a legal note. Roy Moore and Representative Matt Gates have denied any wrongdoing. Uh oh, here's another one. Turning Point USA has condemned the group of neo-Nazis and said they have nothing to do with the organization. But you let them in. You let them in and you knew what they were. We want to make clear that these demonstra demonstrators were gathered outside the event and that they were not invited we apologize for anything we said that may have been unclear on these points my bad our best worst are our next worst of because we we had a lot of worst ofs. i'm just gonna say there was a lot of worst ofs because our media is fucking garbage people is the end of democracy conservatives are losers late night piling on Defending him at the border, Schumer, Seltzer, the State Department, one world over, you're a fucking fascist. Yeah, I'll see you in about uh, 12 minutes.
you know, it's always said this is the most important election in our history. Yeah. Well, it's pretty close to it. And I would say to our friends who are watching us today, vote as if your life depends on it, because it might. Stand by, Jeffrey. Uh, we do have breaking news just into CNN. Give me just a moment of personal Please. here. Sorry, I'm getting, you know, watching the women there. It's emotional. You know, this is as devastating a ruling as can be imagined. It's a very dark day in America. You cannot overstate this. I'm not sure we all fully appreciated how devastating it would feel to see the words on the paper condemning women to second-class citizenship. I think there's a lot of folks who feel as if Gorsuch and Barrett, two of the of the five uh, on this on this opinion, were, were were sort of there unfairly or sort of out of bounds. This is a court uh, not of judges but of politicians in judges' robes. That is the danger that Justice Stephen Breyer is alerting the country to. There are no more black robes. I think the robes are red and blue. I don't think the country benefits from a future that involves a highly politicized Supreme Court. There really is a, a, a lot of people who believe. This is a rigged court. He's lost control of this court, but it is significant that a justice as conservative as John Roberts is looks at what his conservative colleagues did and says that that's judicial activism. Young women who grow up in a state like mine are going to say, if you can't recognize my right of privacy, I'm not going to live in your state. We are looking at a sort of a constitutional, legal, I, I don't want to use the word civil war. This is going to be a legal civil war. It's going to be legal chaos. We're sort of entering the legal wild west here. We're going to have two Americas. We're going to have one America where abortion is still available, at least to some point within a pregnancy, and one America where it's not. Can we have any debate? especially something as emotional as this. In Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu is returning to power for a record sixth time as his government is sworn in this morning. His recent election victory led to the creation of a government that includes ultra-nationalists and religious parties that were once on the fringes of Israeli politics. This is being described as Israel's most far-right government since the country was established back in 1948. Critics say this is potentially the most intolerant and the most insular, and that's because Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, in order to form a governing coalition, has now aligned himself with nationalist and orthodox parties targeting Palestinians, Jews who are non-orthodox, women to prevent them from serving in the military alongside men, and the LGBTQ community. I'm, I'm working hard to never say Republican Party again, because they're not a party, right? They're Sinn Féin to the IRA, they're, they're the PLO to Hamas. They're a dime store front for a terrorist movement. You can't uh, treat the GOP as a responsible political party because it isn't. I call them a radicalized, weaponized death cult. If they take over in 2022, that is the end of democracy and we're gonna have authoritarianism. You're going to be the party that forces a child to bear a child of its rapist. That's number one. That's your party. You're going to be the party that thinks owning weapons of war should be free and easy for everybody in an age where our children are getting slaughtered on a regular basis. And now you're in the party that thinks it's funny, thinks it's funny to mislead fathers, mothers and babies who have fled the oppression in their country, who have walked through many countries to get here to America to seek asylum. That must be cool to be 
so unbelievably sick and cold-hearted. That is the Republican Party today. We're seeing a lot uh, of violent rhetoric uh, from Fox News saying uh, it's war, you're, you are under attack. Uh, so they're very much doing this in a reckless way uh, that uh, has the ability to foment violence. And that, in this sense, the last 24 hours does tie into what I've been writing about over the last 25 years because we've had these repeated episodes of violent rhetoric uh, from the Republicans and, and, and from uh, conservative uh, TV and radio that have resulted uh, in, uh, in protracted periods of violence. And there's a lot of concern that we may be headed uh, here in the United States for another, say, Oklahoma City bombing. It is grotesque to grab these people, throw them on buses, drive them up to, to, to Washington, D.C., and just drop them outside of an official residence, uh, vice president's residence. It's, it's grotesque what they're doing with these human beings. It's, it, this is political human trafficking. I worry that in covering Glenn Youngkin and his politics of parental choice, all the focus was on how well it worked. And even in our conversations about DeSantis, it's about how well they're serving him. The, the, the truth is dehumanization as a tactic for politics is from war. Dehumanization is a, it's a, it's a tactic, it's being used right now. The Russians get their soldiers to rape children by dehumanizing them. Dehumanization as a practice is a tactic of war. It's being deployed in our politics and people like you and I sometimes lose the plot and, and admire it. Well, Tim, let me just follow up with you Tim, because you and I even fall into a tradition of our profession of, of focusing on what works. And I think we recently had a conversation about Mitch McConnell. And why does he do what he does? Because it works. It's the political reality. And I worry that in covering Glenn Youngkin and his politics of parental choice, all the focus was on how well it worked. And even in our conversations about DeSantis, it's about how well they're serving him. The, the, the truth is dehumanization as a tactic for politics is from war. Dehumanization is a, it's a, it's a tactic it's being used right now. The Russians get their soldiers to rape children by dehumanizing them. Dehumanization as a practice is a tactic of war. It's being deployed in our politics and people like you and I sometimes lose the plot and, and admire its effectiveness, not its substance, but even the analysis of these tactics loses sight of what, of what this speech brings us back to, which is that dehumanization has a cost right now right now as it, it is the secret to the entire immigration debate demographic change is the key to the democratic party's political ambitions this conspiracy theory has been increasingly echoed by many who are on the right those like fox's uh, tucker carlson uh, who continue to push dangerous and baseless conspiracies I really think because of demographic changes in this country, I think that the Democratic Party is going to win Texas moving forward and the Democratic Party is going to be in power 
for the next 30, 40 years. The demographic change that's happening in America right now gives the upper hand to Democrats. This census that just came out especially drives home the point that Texas is next. It's a state where the demographics are changing in ways that are favorable to the Democratic Party. Demographic changes that help the Democrats. Democrats for a decade now, along with Arizona and Texas, have had on this sort of long-term project of, of trying to take uh, some red states across the Sun Belt and flip them blue as demographic changes are taking place there. Democrats should be asking themselves, as a matter of fact, why aren't they dominating the political landscape. Two decades ago, the influential book, The Emerging Democratic Majority, predicted they would due to demographic changes in the country. We, we, we've been predicting for some time that demographic changes were going to eventually move North Carolina, Georgia, Texas. Stacey Abrams and her former campaign manager, Lauren Gro Wargo, argued in a recent New York Times op-ed that any state can turn blue. Demographic change will pre precede electoral opportunity. If you look at what's happening in Georgia and in Texas, just the demographic changes alone over the last 10 years uh, gives us. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security was formed in the wake of the September 11th attacks. How has it evolved since then to safeguard the U.S. from foreign threats? The, um, Jonathan, the threat landscape has evolved considerably over the last 20 years. You know, back when 9-11 occurred in those, in those years, we were very focused on the foreign terrorists, the individual who sought to do us severe harm to enter the United States and, and do us harm. It then evolved. We began uh, to be more and more concerned about the individual already resident in the United States, radicalized by a foreign terrorist ideology. Now um, we are seeing an emerging threat, of course, over the last several years of the domestic violent extremist, the individual here in the United States radicalized to violence by a foreign terrorist ideology, but also an ideology of hate, anti-government sentiment, false narratives propagated on online platforms, even personal grievances. The threat landscape has evolved. 20 years ago, uppermost in our minds was not the cybersecurity threat, the threat of cyber criminals or foreign adverse um, states. Now it very much is. We have evolved. We have grown to meet the evolving threat. We have a cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. We have a center for prevention programs and partnership to... It is a war. It is indeed a war. And I have to say, they have won some battles, Jasmine, but we, we have to keep our eye uh, on the war and, and everybody needs to pick up a weapon and, and get involved because this is a... I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. This brand new research by Gallup says American trust in the mass media is at its lowest point since 2016 and near a record low overall. Jeff Zucker has announced his immediate resignation as the president of CNN. This comes amid an investigation into what Jeff Zucker calls a consensual relationship. What happened and where CNN goes from here? You were caught masturbating 
on camera. You since then have been on leave from CNN. Do I have all that right? Um, you got it all right, sad to say. The biggest media story this weekend, it's the firing of Chris Cuomo from this network, CNN. Late Wednesday, a lawyer contacted CNN with a sexual misconduct complaint about Cuomo. Joining me now, the man who accused Don Lemon of sexual assault. His accuser claims Lemon started rubbing himself. But the even bigger point, I think, is about what the press is. Is it produced by reporters or by repeaters? Repeaters are the talk radio shouters. They're on TV and radio telling the same story every day. President Trump. President Trump. President Trump. 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 Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Telling the same story every day. Repeaters are Twitter trolls who anonymously amplify propaganda and try to wear the rest of us down with their repetition. January 6th. 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 The repetition. The January 6th insurrection. The insurrection. The insurrection. The insurrection. The insurrection. The insurrection. 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 Repetition. 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 So much of what they are repeating is from reporters, from the people paid to figure out what is true. A widely held conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was created in a Chinese laboratory. Dr. Fauci, thank you uh, for keeping it straight. Thank you for fighting the good fight. We know the science. We know that masks work. What we have now is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is really now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. What does Putin have on Trump? Has Trump been compromised? But it does look like that young man to me is taunting the Native American Vietnam vet and he's in his face. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing by either Hunter or Joe Biden. There's no evidence of wrongdoing by either Joe or Hunter Biden. What you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha. But this isn't about ideology. The biggest terror threat in this country comes from radicals on the far right, primarily white men. As a white woman aware of my own privilege in this country, I am so angry and I can't even begin. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets. A few moments later. We're here inside CNN Center. Taping. We just threw something on fire, Chris. Something's yep. on fire. Nick, you all right? We're getting out of here, Chris. All right. We are not fake news. We are real news. So now the two faces of Hillary Clinton are coming out. The fact through WikiLeaks that she says one thing uh, and... Oh, no. All right, let's see if we can get Congressman Collins back. Obviously, we just lost the satellite feed. That sucks. Routinely at these rallies, we are hearing a chant. Quite a mouthful there. Um, so you said actions such as these suggest otherwise. Suggest meaning they, they suggest they're not interested in talks and they're going to go ahead with some kind of a... What action are you talking about? One, the actions I've just pointed to. Uh, the what fact, action? What? The, the fact that Russia continues to engage... Uh, in disinformation well, uh, campaigns. You, know, you made an allegation that they might do that. Have they actually done it? Uh, what we know, Matt, is what we what I have just said, that they have engaged in this activity, well, uh, in this planning well, activity. But, activity. But let me, let me because, because obviously this is, not, this is not the first time we've made uh, these reports public. You'll remember that just a few well, weeks I, ago. I'm sorry, you, made, made, made what report public? If you let me finish, I will okay. tell you what report we made okay. public. Uh, we told you a few weeks ago that we have information indicating Russia also has already prepositioned a group of operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. 
So that, Matt, to your question, is an action that Russia has already well, taken. It's an action that you say that they have taken, but you have shown no evidence to, 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 to confirm that. And I'm going to get to the next question here, which is, what is the evidence that they, I mean, this is like crisis actors, really? This is like Alex Jones territory you're getting into now. Um, what evidence do you have to support the idea that there is some propaganda film in the, in, in the making? Matt, this is derived uh, from information known to the U.S. government, intelligence information that we have declassified. I think you well, know. Okay, well, where, where is it? Where, where is this information? It is intelligence information that we have declassified. Well, where is it? Where is the declassified information? I just delivered it. No, you made a series of allegations and statements. Would you, would you like us to print it out the topper? Because you will see a transcript of this briefing that you can print out for that, yourself. That's not evidence, Ned. That's you saying it. That's not evidence. I'm sorry. <laughs> what would you like, Matt? I, I would like to see some proof that you, that, 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 that you can show that... that Matt, you have that, been that, that shows you, that 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 you, shows that the Russians are doing this. Ned, I've been doing this for. A I long know that time. was my point. As, you as, you as have you, know. you you have been doing this for quite a while. It's sustainable. What do you say to those families who say, "Listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable." Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. And speaking of demons, Ted Cruz was on hand in, in Houston to spread his slime all over the NRA holes. Senator Cruz had an unpleasant dinner at a sushi restaurant in Houston where a man confronted him uh, about this idea that he seems to be okay with the fact that an unbalanced teenager shot up a school because his plan is to do nothing about it. Ted Cruz must uh, know that at this point every busboy spits in his food, right? But maybe that's what he likes about eating out. I don't know. but. I, for one, hope Ted Cruz never gets to eat peacefully in a restaurant again. But the truth is, Senator Ooze does have a plan, and a plan he shared with the gun... Wow! Wow! And this is happening just in time for the court to eliminate all rights for black people and women. What a moment. No, this is really incredible, man. Think about it. She will now be the most powerful black woman in the country to have her opinions entirely dismissed by two-thirds of her coworkers. Wow! This is huge. And by the way, for anyone who wondered how much of an impact Ketanji Brown Jackson would have, well, she made history from the moment she was confirmed. As Democrats rose to their feet with applause, Republicans headed for the door. Mitt Romney of Utah, one of three Republicans to vote yes, standing alone, the only GOP senator clapping. Really? I have thoroughly enjoyed my time guest hosting, but just like women's rights, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> and if nothing else, at least I got one viewer to change his stance on abortion after watching my monologues all week. This is from Kenneth. Knowing that she isn't raising kids is almost justification for abortion. <laughs> she is probably one of the worst, most horrible people on earth, a close third after Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert. <laughs> I thought comedians were supposed to be funny. <laughs> I am funny. here telling jokes about one of the darkest days in human history while you're masturbating into your pillow. 
Men have had all kinds of weird reactions to last week's abortion ruling. Ever since the Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade, urologists have seen a spike in vasectomies. The hypocrisy just doesn't stop. This is a picture of Pocahontas holding down the majority in the Senate. And remember, she is a lying sack of fucking shit. So the Santos thing won't end. It just won't end. And we already know Biden's a gigantic fucking liar. So here is the media protecting him on the border, fucking praising him. And this year has not been a good year for most anybody. But somehow for the media, Joe, well, he's a Democrat, so we got to protect him. I am a politic, the media jerk-off of the week. So hot. Some people are always in a hurry. They run when they could walk. Race up steps when others take it slow. When Joe Biden's president... America is just going to have to keep up. Well, for for history, I think it's a pretty big deal. You know, if you add up those uh, uh, seven pieces of legislation, um, that's a three and a half trillion dollar agenda that that Biden and the Democrats have passed since early last year. Um, There's really nothing like that in terms of that scale. you got to go back to, I think, to, depending on how you define these things, to LBJ. And I think border bind. The wait grows for thousands of migrants after the Supreme Court ruled to keep Title 42 in place. It comes as the immigration crisis at many border towns around the country has reached a breaking point. Chief concern right now is food and shelter for the population that is here. No matter how it fluctuates in Kristen, this decision means it's going to be another six months before we have resolution. Now, this is a shelter I'm standing next to right now. The line was so long last Last night, they couldn't accommodate everyone. Look at what you're seeing on the streets right now. People once again bundled up shoulder to shoulder all up and down the block. As swarms of people gathered for food and collected supplies in this overburdened section of El Paso, news of a Supreme Court decision keeping Title 42 intact for six more months ricocheted through this community, sparking mostly disappointment. We're sad, very sad. They told us they were going to give us an opportunity. We feel betrayed, Stephen tells me. And those images of people sleeping behind you, Sam, really underscore the urgency of this situation. So as we await the Supreme Court's final decision, what does the Biden administration plan to do in the meantime to deal with this crisis? There is no easy end to the latest border crisis in West Texas. Officials in El Paso are working to create more temporary housing for people who continue to arrive in the U.S. Shelters are overcrowded, and the travel slowdown across the U.S. is making it harder to relocate migrants. Others are waiting at the border until the Supreme Court decides whether to end Title 42, the pandemic policy that allows migrants to be expelled over public health concerns. Omar Villafranca has more on one city's struggle. Hundreds of migrants line up outside of Sacred Heart Church in El Paso, a facility that can hold about 100 each night hoping for a place to sleep in this first-come, first-served shelter. 
The line forms every day and circles the block. The Supreme Court keeping Title 42 in place indefinitely, dashing the hopes of thousands of asylum seekers waiting on the Mexican side of the border. We've been waiting since October because we believed in the president of the United States, he tells me. We feel betrayed. She says it feels bad. We're sad. Very sad. We're not criminals. We're good people, they stress. I don't think this is fair because at the end of the day, we're all human beings, he says. A woman came up to me and said, what do you know about Title 42? I said, it's going to be at least another six months. Her entire face, Peter, just dropped. Migrants braving freezing temperatures for a chance to reach the United States. Scabs from frozen nights. And they're dealing right now with some very, very difficult conditions. It's- Biden's stuff has just been very interesting. And I could go into the million things that he said about conservatives but it's just not him this year the left has shown their complete disregard for the constitution free speech or anything that their fascist tendencies the people that scream fascism for fucking four years now, two years into the next administration, are just incredibly fascist. Here is a Democrat saying that you don't have a Second Amendment right if you say things I don't agree with. If you espouse hate, if you espouse violence, you're not protected under the First Amendment. So I think we can be more aggressive in the way that we handle that type of use of the Internet. We know that Europe has done things. I think we have to learn from each other. They just can't help themselves. It's, it's what they are now. And as they've gone through all these iterations, saying Christian national, super mega, they have destroyed the church, which is the saddest part of all this, because Christianity was evil to them. So they went after it, and we're now in the lowest participation in churches. Young adults, liberal, and Democrats of the group showing a drop of 10 or more points, and they're happy about it. We did have a force for good, finally. We had Musk fighting against the crazy, you force your pronouns, and somehow that's free speech shit. But it came as a price, because now we had this op-ed this week. I'm embarrassed to drive a Tesla. L.A. Times because of musk january 6 showed us a lot of interesting things it finally came out that yes boys and girls there is a santa claus and santa claus was fucking nancy pelosi browser and everybody else who didn't want to put national guard out we simultaneously caught that our media was saying right wingers were all over the fucking place at gay or tranny events, but it wasn't true. Now, when the tables are turned, we're playing games. And the media bragged about it. They made them restart their investigations, blah, blah, blah. And this lady thought it was the cutest thing ever. She was a scoop. It was so good. In their zeal to get Trump, They didn't get them. They withdrew the fucking subpoena because they're going bye-bye. But it then spawned shit like this 
Why didn't the committee explain how abolishing the Electoral College would eliminate future threats? Because according to media reports, Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney had no interest in doing so. Because they just want to get rid of it. We found this year that Democrats supported 55 support fines against unvaxxed, support house arrests, support prison for questioning vax efficiency, 45 supported internment camps, 47 supported surveillance, and 29 support the states taking kids. That's what they're down with. I beat into a pulp the cabal because it came true more because we see now that Google can rig elections. We've seen all the Twitter files. Glenn Glenn Greenwald did some interesting dives into the liberal mind. Now, this polling data doesn't just indicate that Democrats overwhelmingly believe that Russia interfered in 2016 election to spread fake news. What they also believe, 66% of them, is that Russia altered the vote totals. But questioning 2020 was not good. The left also pushed this year that non-citizens should be able to vote, and the Confederacy thought so. Atlantic came out with memes, made us have an insurrection. It wasn't an insurrection. And then we watched the whole media lose their shit because Roe got overturned. Gen Z want to leave the country because of Roe. Kristen Day nailed it. I didn't put this slide up. Abortion activists are responsible for Roe being overturned. They overstepped by celebrating abortion and advocating for it to be up for nine months. Democratic Party embraced these extreme leanings to Republican majorities all over the country. It's a true story. They just went too far. And as they've done this zeal to get righties, somehow, some way, we have stopped... At the federal government going after criminals. Like they just got those guys for Antifa, but they got bail. They'll never see court. Spencer Brown is a town hall managing editor, and he joins me now. He wrote about this today. So, Spencer. Uh, Interesting to see the Department of Justice, which is tasked with putting bad guys behind bars on a federal level, bragging about arrest rates being the lowest they've been in two decades. Oh, of course it is. And it's just kind of the latest thing, like you were talking about how Democrats continually say that they're not soft on crime, but then what they do proves the opposite, you know. And so we're looking at this and here they are saying, you know, we've had the lowest number of federal arrests in 20 years in a time where crime has continued to surge. You know, the end of 2021, we saw 12 cities break their homicide records. Of course, all of them were led by Democrats. Uh, but there's, it's not like there's a, a, a lack of need for prosecution at the federal level. And we've seen in the past that federal prosecution can come into these cities where crime is spiking and actually make a difference, get, uh, you know, illegal firearms off the street, get deadly drugs off the street, and put the people who are spreading them around behind bars uh, so that way they're unable to continue 
this lawlessness that's seen so many cities just go into uh, just mayhem. Yeah, you're talking about the federal government working with local law enforcement to solve murders, to prevent murders. You know, if you listen to interviews from prison, uh, these criminals will say, if I knew I was going to federal prison, I may have thought twice about what I was going to do because the sentencing guidelines are much harsher uh, for federal crimes. So is the Biden administration still engaged in programs across the country to solve these murders or to prevent crime? Unfortunately, the answer to that one is probably obvious to people who live in cities that are being wrecked by this kind of crime. You know, there was. And then amazingly, we learned a lot about COVID. And I'll get to this picture in a second. So here is Caddy K this week, shocked that her kids won't get a vaccine that doesn't do anything for them. Tucker, follow the science, not scientists, the VAERS data, which they're not updating. But it's showing more people are dying from this vaccine than it's helping. Pennsylvania, Dr. Zeke Emanuel. He is an NBC News and MSNBC senior medical contributor. Dr. Emanuel, thank you for joining us. You know, I listen to that doctor and you hear how tough it is inside hospitals at the moment and the, and the fears of new variants mixed with flu that is coming on. And you would think that the country would respond by saying, OK, we will make sure we are all up to date on all of our vaccines. But I had a strange conversation with my 22-year-old, my 16-year-old last night. And I said, OK, I booked you in for COVID updates. You're both back for the holidays. You're going to get your boosters. And both of them said, no, we don't want to. We've had enough vaccines and we don't think we need them. How can you... I, I was sort of shocked and appalled. But is this the kind of response you're seeing from young people at the moment, that they just they think this is over and they don't need any more vaccines? I'm an astrophysicist at a major university. Science is my life. But when I hear somebody somberly intone, science says, or follow the science, I get very nervous. Science doesn't belong to any ideology. Science is the never-ending search for new knowledge. That's what science means in Latin, by the way, knowledge. Not wisdom, not morality, not social policy. Knowledge. What we do with that knowledge is where wisdom, morality, and social policy enter the picture. Knowledge, it turns out, isn't so easy to come by. And sometimes what we think we know for certain, the Earth sure does look flat when we're standing on it, turns out not to be so certain. Of course I trust in basic scientific truths, those things for which there is overwhelming evidence, like, say, gravity, even that humans play a role in the warming of the planet. But scientists, even the best ones, can get things wrong. The brilliant astrophysicist Sir Fred Hoyle believed the universe existed in a steady state forever and had no beginning. But his view, once held sacrosanct by all astrophysicists, no longer holds. It's been superseded by the Big Bang theory that the universe had a beginning and is still expanding. In the 20th century, some of the most respected scientists in the world, including Nobel Prize winners, believed in eugenics the reprehensible idea that the human race could be improved by selective breeding. The National Academy of Sciences, the American Medical Association, and the Rockefeller Foundation supported it. By the middle of the century, it had been thoroughly rejected as quackery. No reputable scientist would have anything to do with this idea. So, we all need to get over this notion that just because someone, be it a politician, a bureaucrat, or even a scientist, employs the phrase, science says, means whatever they're saying is right. It might be right, but it might also be wrong. And if it's wrong, it won't necessarily be a bunch of scientists who say it's wrong. It might be one guy. Ask Einstein. 100 scientists wrote a book explaining why his theory of relativity was wrong. He quipped, if I were wrong, 
then one would have been enough. It takes a lot to convince scientists to accept a new theory, especially if that new theory refutes what they had always believed. In some cases, what they'd stake their entire careers on. As Richard Feynman, one of the most eminent physicists of the 20th century famously said, science is the belief in the ignorance of experts. What Feynman is saying is that a good scientist should always maintain a healthy amount of skepticism. Science is by its nature provisional. Science would stagnate if we merely accepted proclamations of past authorities. So how do we do good science? This is not a new question. Since the 17th century, scientists have employed the so-called scientific method to guide their work. It's not a perfect guide by any means, but it's pretty darn good. The method involves, one, formulating a theory. Two, predicting the evidence that should be found if the theory is true. Three, collecting data. Four, analyzing the data. Five, refining the theory and presenting evidence to other experts. The philosopher Karl Popper added one more item to this list. Popper said a subject is scientific if and only if it can be falsified. In other words, if your theory can't be tested, if it can't be proven wrong, it's probably not good science. Oh yeah, he can. Biden certainly has the main qualification for doing that, soullessness. This is a man who's showered with his own daughter, who smiles when he's mad. This is a man who will say literally anything. If the Chinese military unleashed a deadly manufactured flu virus on the world, Joe Biden would blame you for it. And actually, he did. People are dying of COVID, Joe Biden told us, because you have questions about an experimental mRNA shot that doesn't really work and whose long-term effects we can't know. You're the criminal here, not the Chinese government. You mentioned that V-safe should be added to uh, VARS, but, but only 4% of V-safe is added. Can you explain what that means to people and why it matters? VARES is, is designed specifically for, for medical professionals and people alike to report, hey, I got hurt. And when enough people have gotten hurt for officials to look at it and say, hey, this product isn't safe, it's got to come off the market. Right. In, in VSAFE was created to also do something similar to that and to make that process a little bit easier. You don't need as many records. Uh, you don't need as much information to record a report in VSAFE. Now in VSAFE, there have been over 800,000 reports of injury. And the deal was that in VSAFE, every single report of injury was supposed to also then subsequently have a VARES report associated with it. Right. So that means all 800,000 should be in VARES. But unfortunately, or by design, however you want to look at it, only 30,000, only just over 30,000 of those 800,000 have been recorded in VARES. So what that means is that Less than 4% of the records in VSAFE have actually been reported in VARES as they were supposed to uh, be done. Holy cow. I, I have to also, you know, think, again, journalistically, uh, and as a political consultant, the story never matches the goal, right? <laughs> you, know, you know this, it, you know, if you see behind the scenes in politics. So when you, you've got the VRS system, it's been there for decades, you create a whole new system called VSAFE, right? Which I think is relatively recent correct? And you mm -hmm. say this is an easier way to file a complaint, then that kind of cannibalizes the funnel, right, for filing complaints. And then, oops, you only transfer 4% of them over to the uh, the more established database. I mean, what a sneaky way to basically sweep almost 800,000 um, adverse events under the rug. The COVIDistas have not changed. This is a guy on Twitter. He's a blue check. And do not 
do d- did my rat and now have advised guests coming they must do this for them come in for this new year's not last new year's this new year's which just makes me go what the fuck chuck the next one at another one from this year i believe it's this year no, this is twenty. This is the beginning of last year. If you're willing to risk infection, people to attend a New Year's Eve party. I hope you get you who gets COVID suffers and dies alone. They're still there, but all of a sudden things start coming out. Oh, I forgot. And this was big. Remember last year I covered this, and Biden had it and gave it to everybody. Regular exercise in the Washington Post. But they're the same people that shut down gyms. Because, you know, that that makes sense. Somehow. I don't know. This is about the gain of function. It's obvious. We did it. I mean, we did it. When Fauci said his NAID did not fund gain-of-function research at Wuhan Institute Virology, he was dead wrong. And there's just so much proof now, it's not even funny. This is about Katie Porter. Now, I want you to think about all the stuff we've seen that Republicans do and they get crushed. Sorry, i got to eat my breakfast. She got COVID. Made everybody on her staff get tested and then fired her. The female. Remember this, Jim? Let's have a COVID amnesty after you called us baby killers. This, Jim, is pretty surprising because this is out of lefties. Now, they're now saying that, yeah, walk on a journey. These people are not. All they're about is a narrative, not the facts. And this pissed people off all week, but it's beyond time. Falky is a gigantic fucking liar. He's always been a fucking liar. And I don't understand how anybody could think this guy should be trusted. I, I just don't know. And then last but not least, because it really hits everything we're talking about right now. To the T. Hopefully this won't fuck everything up, but it probably will. Did it fuck it up? Nope. A lot of this substack has come out. And that's where we're getting a lot of our information. And... We're seeing that even journalists used to work for these people. Now notice that all of a sudden, we don't cover certain stories. Because those are bad. I mean, why would we? So, I got to get to some work today. But before I do, we got to do the Media Heroes Award and a couple of my favorite media stories.
Mikhail Gorbachev, the communist leader whose brief six-year reign transformed the map of Europe and the world, the first Soviet leader with a larger vision for his country, and who was willing to hold a summit with Ronald Reagan, the American president who called the Soviet Union an evil empire. Americans were charmed by this new kind of young Soviet leader with his ideas of glasnost and perestroika, openness and economic restructuring, and his very modern wife, Raisa. Mikhail Gorbachev, the man who changed the world but could not save his own country from falling apart. Who was smarter, uh, Ronald Reagan or Jimmy Carter? Oh, clearly Jimmy Carter. One thing I think is really important is how much intellectual curiosity you have. And that's usually reflected in how much you read. And people like Jimmy Carter read a ton. Harry Truman read a ton. Ronald Reagan didn't open a single book in college. I think he was very successful in getting his agenda through. But what that agenda was, unfortunately, was very redolent of his own ignorance. Uh, he let the AIDS crisis spiral out of control because he was very unaware of what AIDS was or what it meant. He really created homelessness in this country because he thought that, and he said this to David Brinkley, he said, the homeless just want to live outside. They don't want homes. Nancy Pelosi unveils her next move as Republicans secure control of the House. You know, she's already in the National Women's Hall of Fame in Seneca Falls. So you're talking about the history book. That's already written. Um, so I think this moment really is very powerful. She's always put her faith um, at the forefront, even when her detractors were kind of saying that's not something Democrats would do. This is politics, but this is like watching you know, a great performer on the stage or a great athlete. Laura, tell us what you heard there in uh, Judge um, Jackson, uh, sorry, Judge Brown Jackson introducing herself to the country. Her credentials, frankly, sounded as if Mount Olympus decided to choose and give her each of the credentials and gave this great, um, almost a... Our media was as garbage as it could always be because it always is garbage, all right? It just, it's what it is. Um, this was some interesting stuff about how they didn't even want to fucking cover both sides. We covered that in depth. <clears throat> this is a blue check saying there's too much Southerners everywhere. We had the interesting article about Gannett, and it was a perfect example of why we're broke, how they just got rid of everything, and you had to just do whatever the fuck they said. And if you didn't, you got fired. They didn't want opposing voices. But this Amy Siskin one... She then wrote an article, the South is no longer simply a region. A certain version of it has become identity shared among white, rural, conservative Americans from coast to coast. And somehow that's bad. And I covered this in depth because I live there and it's true. We are different people. We're kind to each other. We don't treat people like shit. We don't fucking care if you suck dick or a fucking unicorn. We just don't want your shit shoved down our neck. It used to be a universal American thing, for Christ's sake. But not anymore. We then got this super scoop where they're actually literally saying it was anti-LGBT people taking out the fucking goddamn power grid, and they have no proof of anything. When we have a narrative, we stick to the narrative. It was a theme all fucking year long, and this is a perfect one that I'll try to expand a little bit. 
This lady literally did two articles. The guy researched, and it's true. Men are less likely to wear a mask, another sign that toxic masculinity kills. If women are hesitant about the vaccine, it's because the health industry hasn't earned their trust. Okay. That's great. NPR, who we pay, they did a whole summation of the year. Copang. Copaganda shows Elon Musk is horrible and that losing Brian Seltzer was the worst thing that could happen to America. That's that's what they came up with. So We're about to go into my favorite part of the year, and that is or the show and, and the whole year. It's the LGBT mafia. So where I set up a really nice thing, the two best racist remarks, the San Francisco Gay Choir, show me your dick, fat phobia, and some other fruit job, and my soundbite of the year will have one of those six-second countdowns in between it and the last one of that group. The guy having his first period. But it's not a mental illness. And if you say that, you get kicked off of fucking Twitter for six hours or 12 hours on Thanksgiving Day. And that was me. Turn it up. Turn it on. Rock it like we bad to the bone. Get on the floor. Running loose. Gotta put this to let feet to you. If you need education in the party scene. If you think you can dance with me, this ain't no joke. Turn up. Let's get woke. What are white people superior at? <laughs> what exactly are white people superior at? They're real good at violence. Violence? Genocide. It's like stealing people's lives just because they feel like it. If you are white and you know this is happening and you say nothing, then you're a killer too. What exactly are white people superior at? Insecurity. Pretending. Fear. Being fearful of nothing. Being ignorant. Blame. Letting their egos control their every move. Superior at being dicks. What exactly are white people superior at? Oppression. Gaslighting. Lack of empathy. Intellectualizing oppression. Did I say oppression? What exactly are white people superior at? Taking what's not there. Taking shit. Taking our ideas. Copycatting. Gentrification. Appropriating things that do not belong to them. Taking over other people's cultures and making you believe that they invented it. Maybe they're thinking of it as repurposing. It's like I think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate, right? The real sort of issue here, and I, you know, I've heard people sort of say it, is one, I think that white people viscerally fear. It's not that white people don't know, right, what they have done. They know. They fear that there is no other way to be human but the way in which they are human, which is to, so you know, like you talk to white people and whenever you, you really want to have a reckoning about it, they say stuff like, you know, it's just human nature. If y'all had all of this power, you would have done the same thing, right? And it's like, no, that's what white humans did. White human beings thought there's a world here and we own it. Prior to them, black and brown people have been sailing across oceans, interacting with each other for centuries without total subjugation, domination, and colonialism. We have seen uh, what, a, what a show this iteration of treatment of, of other human beings means and that my hope is that we would do it differently 
you know, in the moments when we have some power. We will not do it perfectly, but I do think that all of us can sort of agree that a politics that says like there are superior and inferior human beings just isn't the way to go. And that's the thing that white people don't trust us to do because they are so corrupt. You know, their thinking is so morally and spiritually bankrupt about power that they can't let, you know, they fear viscerally, existentially, you think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked? Funny, just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. We'll convert your children. We'll make them tolerant and fair. We'll convert your children. Someone's gotta teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. Your children will care about fairness and justice for others. so proudly and they all go marching in the big parade baby blue pink white represent transgender people and black and brown represent the queer and trans people of color If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, and you really want to show it. Does anybody in this room know how to twerk? That's all in. <laughs> and then you just move your bum up and down like that, and that's twerking. <laughs> <laughs> one of the youngest and first drag queen slash kids and I've heard, I've heard that you've gotten messages from young adults who look up to you for being who you are what are some of the notes you've gotten some of the notes I've gotten are like that you inspire me very much and I wish I could have had the support that you have I wish that people understood that drag is a way of expression. It disturbs me that people think that. Show me your dick. 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 Hello. I'm talking to you. Yeah, you. Hey, you. I like your beard. Are you from Brooklyn?
Make somebody fat phobic at the gym. Let's talk about it. Are you going to the gym so you can get a flat stomach or are you going to the gym so you can build a stable core and have better posture? Are you motivated to go to the gym so that you can lose weight or are you focused on increasing muscle and bone density? Do you only consider a workout good when you feel sore or tired the next day or do you look to feel energized and awake after working out? Are you prioritizing leg day because you want your butt to look super delicious or is it because you know strong glutes help protect your knees and your back? Wanting to work out does not make anyone fat phobic, but the motivations why you might go to the gym do. I will no longer call a person queer if I don't see them participating in queer politic. You're gay. Sure, you're gay. That is not the same as queer. If you haven't put a mask on in a week, not queer. You're just not queer. You're not. Queerness is supposed to be radical. It's supposed to be about supporting each other, helping each other, and making sure that we like lift up from the most vulnerable of our community. A lot of you gays are not acting like queers right now. So I'm not gonna call you queer. That was for you, Matt and Oregon. I know you love that song, especially that hairy little ginger fruitcake. So this year, some interesting things came out. And the truth of what is happening that most of us have been talking about since 2016, this fat, well, ex-fat podcaster surely was, is that they're really pushing this shit and it's not good. I mean, it's not good. It's scary. But the majority of us just think there's two genders. Democrats, 47%. Independents, 60. GOP, 82. So 62% of Americans believe there is only two genders. But they're pushing this crap at an alarming rate. We then found out that since 2007, they have infiltrated and put clinics every fucking where you, I mean, it's like a 7-Eleven now. Every street corner. We also found out, which is really scary, that 40% of students identified LGBTQ at liberal art colleges, at some, it is 70%. What would cause that if it isn't brainwashing? What would cause it? I, I think we're in trouble. We're really in a lot of trouble if we don't fix this. And when the White House normalizes that, 
that fucking S&M freak who stole luggage, this guy, the male pattern, the male pattern baldness dude, who's the fucking Secretary of Health. Well, we got problems. We started the year with Ian Hawthorne pointing out, is there a reason why BP didn't use a rainbow in the Middle East? And he listed like 80 companies that do this gay shit in America, but they don't do it overseas because they know if they do it, they're going to get kicked out of the country because they actually are the homophobes. They kill people. Oh, I guess that's all I had for slides. Wow. That kind of sucks. I'm not putting that freak back up. We'll leave this one up. It's better. We also had the interesting, um, and not interesting, but sad, D-Trans guy. A thread about how his life is garbage because he bought into this shit and now his body's ruined. We got articles... From real journalists talking about shit like this. I'm going to give lesbians a little bit of a pass on, like, hating penises. Hi, I just don't want to attack you at all, but I think it may not be the best approach to give anyone a pass on the reduction of someone's body down to their genitalia. In this case, obviously, the uh, dominant image of someone who is a lesbian uh, is someone who is not interacting uh, intimately with uh, phalluses in any context. But that is also not true. There are uh, artificial phalluses, there are silicone phalluses, there are um, organic phalluses. All of these things are things that lesbians can interact with. I also think that uh, trying to frame it in this way is not super helpful because again and again, I think it's important to establish that trans women are not asking for access to, uh, specifically trans lesbians are not asking for access to cis lesbians' bodies. That's not what we're doing. We're asking to be taken seriously in our identities, which is as a lesbian and to be able to comfortably attend lesbian events, uh, all these sorts of things, which some events I have and I've been comfortable, some events I have and I have not. That's just kind of how it is. Um, I think it's important to note that while um, I know many lesbians who've had very bad experiences with phalluses because they didn't know they were lesbian or going down to like some sort of uh, sexual violence against them, which I'm very empathetic for, I also ask empathy from those without the experience of being a trans lesbian to think about how being a trans lesbian and having a organic phallus may incite a trauma of its own. It is a very weird experience. Also, later in the video, I want to, you kind of made it seem like there it was exceptional to, uh, be a lesbian and be okay with people with, uh,
For those of you who have been with the show, I I have a theory on all this that just it just you know once again, if I was a gay guy, I would want that little elf motherfucker that was in that show me your dick video, hairy lumberjack looking dude because I like dudes, that's that's what I like. And if I was a lesbian. I would want what they call, because I got a dear friend who's who's married and she's a lesbian, a lipstick lesbian, and then it's the normal lesbian. But in their relationship, neither one of them looks like a dude. Both of them look like women who just happen to love women. But somewhere in this, just like the trans shit that's taking over the universe. Let me turn my heat off. I'm sweating balls. You have a dude chick. I mean, and some of them look more like dudes than I do now because I'm sick. And you have a female. And it equates very well to vegans. I'm eating fake meat that's made out of pea protein and mushrooms because I like meat, but I can't eat it because my stomach blows up. Hopefully in 19 days, it won't happen anymore after I recover from surgery. But why do vegans eat meat? And why do lesbians mirror and gay people mirror heterosexual relationships? If you're a lesbian, why are you using a plastic dick? You don't like dick. If you like dick, get with a real dick. Why don't you use fake dicks? None of it makes sense to me. It just seems like you want to do something that's different. So you do it. Scientific American, the heightened concern about black women's weight affects the racist stigmatization of their bodies. It also ignores how interrelated social factors impact black women's health. I want to make sure you understand that every fucking thing the goddamn news puts out, they're taking percentages of the black population and saying that it disproportionately affects black people, like the COVID deaths. It disproportionately killed black people. In the state of Tennessee, they represent 25% of the population. They had 27% of the dates deaths. 2% more. Big fucking whoop. So you say you don't want us to stigmatize it, but then at the same time, we're all racist and pieces of shit, and we don't care about black people's health because they're fat and overweight, and they have sickle cell anemia and higher rate of fucking diabetes. So which is it? You got to pick one. It's either we care about their health or we don't. Now, granted, I don't go around giving a two shits what people look like, and I ain't going to walk up to a black girl and say, you need to lose some damn weight, woman. None of my business. But you're letting Lizzo run around with her fucking 89-pound butt cheek and the 90-pound butt cheek flopping out in the fucking wind with no goddamn clothes on it, and you're saying it's okay, and I'm saying it's not okay. No. And to continue on the LGBT thing, USA Today front page touts the indulgent parents of LGBT kids are beating the learning curve, and their kids are better because they are opposite sex. That, that, that's what they're saying. And uh, I'm saying no. No. 
I'm saying no. With periods of no. With more periods of no. Just no, no, no. With periods of no. Let me get one more picture up because this just popped up and I forgot to grab it. And finally, before we move on to a military corner section, to show how bad it is, this was all over Twitter. This guy was on Dr. Phil. Non-binary people are divine, unique, valid, loving, worthy, brilliant, creative, beautiful, historic, historical, innovative, family, friends, community, and here. And I say once again, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? I don't know what the fuck that is. But it ain't right. So. Before we start Military Corner, on a positive note, new light machine gun headed close to combat troops. Those ones we talked about, yeah, they're finally getting it. And the V-21, or the V-281, and now they're challenging that shit. So, helicopter still in thing. So, we're going to just do a quick little Military Corner. You're going to see the Secretary of the Army, the soundbite of the year, and the commercial of the year with the Lesbian Mama Army commercial. thing, Haley, I would emphasize is I think um, more broadly in terms of, you know, soldiers coming from um, marginalized communities or, you know, demographics that are not widely represented in the Army, that's part of why we've got to emphasize positive command climates and inclusion. You know, we get criticized, frankly, sometimes for being woke. I'm not sure what woke means. I think woke means a lot of different things to different people. Um, but First of all, I would say if, if woke means, you know, we are not focused on war fighting, we are not focused on readiness, that doesn't reflect what I see at installations all around the country. This is the story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot Missile Defense Systems. It begins in California, with a little girl raised by two moms. Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet, played violin, I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. When I was six years old, one of my moms had an accident that left her paralyzed. Doctors said she might never walk again, but she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. 
with such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class and then attended UC Davis, where I joined a sorority full of other strong women. But as graduation approached, I began feeling like I'd been handed so much in life, a sorority girl stereotype. Sure, I'd spent my life around inspiring women, but what had I really achieved on my own? One of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in Italy. Another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures, my own challenge. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling. It basically is all because of this piece of shit that we met at the beginning of the year. Bishop Garrison. He's the reason the Army has really got problems. I mean, they have a new one where they're doing... Um, let me see if I can find it. I bookmarked it. Where did I put it? Hold on. Army military justice reform unfolds. Congress monitoring. So they're going to go through justice reform. Like, why? You have the uniform code of fucking military justice. There, There is no need for justice reform. None. Whatsoever. And since we're at... Two hours and 22 minutes. There's so much more shit I could cover, and I'll just pick it up on the next show because we didn't even get climate. I mean, God, that's just fucking horrible. It's un-American. I mean, just un-American. But I have to do a This Is America. So our This Is America is going to be this. Sarah Rara. Protected tweets, able to work on CNN, saying that the American flag makes her want to vomit. And I think the best response was this guy. This country was built. Uh, J.D. Vance is now a congressman, excuse me, senator. Generation of people, many of whom bled and died for it. America is not perfect, but it's our home and has given you a life of incredible prosperity. Be nice if you showed a little gratefulness. Because it would be nice for her to be grateful. And the rest of the left. But what we end with is this. This is our media. This is how they always are. And they always will be because they're garbage humans. They just really are. So we're going to do a quick bite from Project Veritas, probably the most important organization we have right now. And it'll go straight into our lighter fair of the year. And I have two freedom tunes that are actually new. A Matt Besk, All I Want for Christmas is Redneck shit. And my favorite lighter fare segment, which was Noah Gregson and Black Rifle Coffee. I cut it down for time. Enjoy. You're lucky that you met me organically because I would be questioning everything about you. Don't hire Catholics. Trust me, I want to like burn down the entire system of broadcasting. 
Twitter does not belong to Facebook. He's not being a He's a capitalist. So we weren't really operating like capitalists more. We were very socialist. Like we're all like communists. With some leaked audio, the Project Veritas got its hands on from a Twitter all hands on deck meeting. We have built tools, processes for people to be able to feel safe and control their experiences. Fully represented within that clip is the domineering mindset of we control the ability in order to have make people feel safe. Like they're trying to go on dates with them like this and record them and then go sell it to the New York Times and say this is what the Twitter employee just said. You're lucky that you met me organically because I would be questioning everything about you. He has Hospers. Yeah, yeah, I know that. He's special. Special needs. You're literally special needs. Oh, there he is. There we go. Oh, there he is. Why are you running? Why are you running away from us? We're jogging here with a Twitter executive on the streets of New York City. You gotta go out to the people it's not directly affecting Yeah, if you're gonna throw a brick. Yeah. If you're gonna raise on the court, it's like a brain issue that changes what you say. So you find out someone's habits and that. Hopefully, the more progressive teachers are actually more savvy about delivering a democratic message without really ever mentioning politics. You're caught in a hidden camera video. Uh, saying that you uh, don't hire Catholics. Is it ethical to discriminate against people due to their religion? You no longer get the benefit of the doubt. You now have to prove to us that you're doing right by our kids. We are here because we've never been so concerned about our children and their future. What came to light last night in a video by Project Veritas was shocking. We need an independent, top to bottom, evaluation of everything that has gone on in Greenwich Public Schools. Most of us saw for the first time a video that appears to contain troubling, discriminatory statements that appear to have been made by a Greenwich Public School official. As Attorney General, I'm invoking my civil rights enforcement authority to investigate any potentially illegal discrimination or other actionable misconduct related to that video. I am an animal. Eventually you want to like remove Christianity from her uh, religion from progressive thought because yeah. like religion is hierarchical. Hey, if your parents don't love and accept you for who you are this Christmas, them. I'm your parents now. I'm proud of you. Drink some water. I love you. Bye. Uh, who is this? This is James O'Keefe with Project Veritas. Ah. Okay. Uh, no comment. And you're on tape and you're saying, I don't hide how I feel, but I can't pretend I'm not promoting an agenda. You're recorded making all these statements. What agenda are you promoting? I have no idea what this is. Well, you're, it's it's but a it's an undercover investigation by Project Veritas. Um, like for kindergarten for Pride Month, we got every in first grade like every kid had like a mirror, and we talked about like there's like a read aloud about a boy that said he wanted to be a mermaid, and it's like a way to start like was like you should be whoever you feel like you should be. They 
sit down and talk to them. I say, purposefully sit somewhere in a class that is completely directed to sponsor me. They spread them as wide open. And that's just brutal. Well, the Biden administration has just been caught spying on journalists in an effort to intimidate them out of reporting. The DOJ was seeking sensitive information of journalists employed by Project Veritas, which had dared to report on Ashley Biden's diary. It's like January 6th stuff that is like so over at this point. It's so over. The left's overreaction, the left's reaction to it in some places was so over the top. It was like me and two other colleagues who were there who were outside. And we were just having fun. Dude, come on. Like, you were not in any game. All those colleagues who were in the building. But you knew that you were being spoken to. And, and yeah, do I, will I stand by those comments? Absolutely. You did talk about sources as a journalist. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure meeting you too. I think, I think we know yeah. that there's been no comment here. Yeah. I'm going to duck in here. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Oh, you were you gonna, why are you ducking in? Were you going to the pharmacy? Hey, Mark. James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. How are you doing today? Why is um, uh, Dean Bakke obsessed with Project Veritas? Documents show how far deceptive reporting practices could go before running afoul of federal laws. Another way of saying that is we check with lawyers to make sure everything we did was legal. Do you, do you look at yourself in the mirror while you shine your Pulitzers? <laughs> Project Veritas appears to be a victim of political undertakings, which is where this, this agency has gone. Meet Anwar Halak Wahidi, who is classified as a Category 15 threat by the Department of Homeland Security for having used explosives or arms. I am so proud, so, so proud of what we were capable of doing and what we did in Operation Allies Welcome. Thousands of our Afghan allies paroled into the United States swiftly received employment authorization. They toned down the impact of the user fees on their operations because they know they're dependent on the drug companies and the vaccine companies and these other companies for their agency to operate. Because the work was too dangerous and could violate the gain-of-function moratorium despite EcoHealth's position that it would not. According to the documents, the NIAID, under the direction of Dr. Fauci, did not reject the proposal. It went ahead with the research of Wuhan and several sites across the U.S. A week after Microsoft's brave support of the First Amendment, Apple and Google have come forward to disclose that between November 24, 2020 and March 15, 2021, the Department of Justice issued nine secret subpoenas and warrants to them. In fact, why would we trust the FBI and the Department of Justice to define who is and who is not a journalist? And, and credit to Microsoft, because Microsoft opposed the gag, and when they drafted that opposition, the Department of Justice backed down. The tax dollars of people who are listening are paying to put children.
right, everybody. Today is our meeting with the FBI. Uh, hey, guys. This is George from the FBI. How is everyone? Hunter! Hunter! Stop! Hunter, put that down! Bad! Bad, Hunter! Down! Down! Sorry about that, guys. Uh, so... I am here to warn you that... There's going to be some serious misinformation this election cycle. Oh, goodness, no. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, specifically, you're going to want to keep an eye out for stuff about uh, Hunter Biden. Smoking crack. That's going to be a lot of misinformation about that. That's just horrible. Oh, yeah, no, terrible. And Hunter, what are you doing? Hunter, are you insane? You murder! Stop! What is wrong with you? Oh. Hey, hey, guys, uh, there's, uh, gonna be misinformation that he set the curtains at the White House on fire. Uh, no clue why people are saying that, but be prepared for that leak as well. I love fire, man. I can't believe people would spread such misinformation. Yeah, no, 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 it's a post-truth era. Oh, oh. <laughs> Information that he shot a hooker. Hold on, I gotta go. Wow. So much to be on the lookout for. How shameless is the right wing? Uh, hey guys. There's gonna be some serious misinformation that a hunter burnt down a Baskin Robbins because they didn't have his favorite flavor of ice cream. I want a That's very specific misinformation. Yeah, yeah, you, you never know what those Russians are going to come up with. We'll do everything we can. Help! Help! Matt, stay where you are! Thank goodness we have men like him on the line, stopping disinformation from reaching the masses. We are forever in his debt. Sure to keep our eyes open for that. Misinform my family that I love them. <sighs> I'm sorry, but misinformation is against our policy. Whoever this is, I'm gonna find you and kill you. Or my name isn't Hunter Biden. Well, thank goodness we had the pro. today's news, Canada's medically assisted suicide program has drawn criticism from many who say it's not going far enough, citing concerns that while the Canadian government is offering people the opportunity to kill themselves, it's not doing enough to encourage them. Sure, Canada is providing suicide to everyone who wants it, but are they doing enough to get black, disabled, and indigenous populations interested in killing themselves? The activist group cited disturbing statistics, such as how few black people actually killed themselves last year. Oh, that is disturbing. Golly. The publication of this data has led Black Lives Matter to join the fight to push for more equal representation in medically assisted suicide. My black brothers and sisters should not have to go to the doctor fearing that no one will take their life.
Many hospitals have responded by introducing affirmative action policies to their assisted suicide programs, allowing minorities who wouldn't ordinarily qualify for medical suicide to be given the opportunity, waiving prerequisites like having a disability, being in pain, or wanting to die at all. Oh, thank goodness, problem solved. If only. Today we have a spokesperson for Canada's It Gets Worse program to tell us what you can do to encourage more people to kill themselves. Thank you for having me. Unfortunately, this barely scratches at the problem. Canada has solved the problem of citizens wanting to die but being unable to. But there are millions of people who still don't seem to realize that they should want to die. The disabled, the impoverished, minorities, my wife and her family, etc. But what about the many disabled people who report a high quality of life? Well, I'm not sure why they should get to decide their life is high quality. I think they're super gross. In the long run, ending their lives is an act of mercy towards me. Agreed. It's cruel to let them go out in public depressing the rest of us. Golly. All interesting points, but as you know, this effort on the part of global corporations to push for more suicides is not without its opponents, with some critics saying institutions shouldn't be pushing people to kill themselves at all, and that this is a role for the family. Mothers and fathers need to take more accountability for the fact that their children aren't killing themselves. This isn't Coca-Cola or McDonald's fault. They're doing more than anyone else to push us into early grades. It's families who are failing. Oh, I agree. Families need to take more responsibility for getting their loved ones ones to end it. Absolutely. But how? Oh, there's a lot you can do just this holiday season. Exclude them from family events. Don't check in on them if they seem depressed. Assume their latest suicide attempt was just for attention and don't worry about it. See, the issue with family-oriented solutions like this, though, is that so many people don't have the kind of support system to push them to kill themselves. That's why our organization will send bullies to people's homes to harass them until they don't want to live anymore. So if you know someone who should probably just end it but doesn't have the proper support, call us. Every single year you talk about how bad Christmas music is. If it's, if it's that bad, why don't you make your own song? Maybe I will. Maybe you should. Well, last year Christmas took a toll Cause all I got was a lump of coal But I'll be damned if I don't make out this year I helped old ladies cross the road And I saved a couple Eskimos from the cold So Santa, are you listening? I'm riding up a list and you know I've been a good old boy I'm on five, five, six, and boom, boom, sticks I'm matching very nines like a real John Wick I shot it from my truck, yeah, I like that I don't need more socks, I need gloss Stuff my stocking with some real good scotch All I want for Christmas is some redneck shit All I want for Christmas is some redneck shit Santa, if you could just come in clutch I got a big old Texas list for you this year I gave up booze for half a day And I listened to my wife and what she had to say So Santa, are you listening? I'm riding up a list and you know I've been a good old boy I want a lasso made a dead cord A brick of C4 About to say goodbye to the old front door
selling trophies A matte black wrap on my old Chevy A couple tins of wintergreen underneath Underneath my tree I want a bald eagle eating apple pie Maybe sitting on Mount Rushmore waving a big freedom boner I don't know, come on, let's go boys yeah. I want five, five, six boom boom sticks I'm matching pair of nines like the real John Wick A shot for my truck, yeah, like that shit primarily for NASCAR. We're gonna have a driver's race in our Friday race, which is gonna be Matt Crafton. We're gonna have Noah Gragson race on Saturday. And then we got Ty Dillon racing on Sunday. Uh, Why we're here in town, we thought uh, might as well go out and show our support to those that support us with doing supply drops at five different police departments and five different fire departments. Uh, primary objective is just get the message out there, a great coffee and culture, and then just uh, show support to those that support America. Man, this is awesome. Hell on Wheels has teamed up with Black Rifle Coffee Company and, and we're going around to all the first responders here in Nashville. Black Rifle Coffee is hooking them up with caffeine and octane to keep them going, thanking them for what they do and showing them some love. doing this like for content or something like that like oh look at what we're doing no we're doing this because we legitimately want to give back to the community we want to make sure they're there because we want to show our support we want to show our appreciation for everything you do for this community everything you do for the people that live in this community three more three more stops we got two more fire departments one and we got one more Department. Uh, yeah, appreciate your service. Appreciate hey, all you guys. Appreciate it. Enjoy the coffee. <laughs> and you guys started shouting at me. I couldn't hear you. So you said you want some coffee. I was like, sure, why not? Did you get any coffee? Oh yeah, it's all inside now. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I appreciate it though. No worries. You actually caught me with my kids too. So. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> wheels. Mission accomplished. All y'all are some ass kickers. Now let's go down Broadway. Let's throw coffee at people's heads and uh, see what happens. Awesome day showing support to those that support us. Now it's off to the next one. We're gonna set up NASCAR for an awesome weekend uh, out of the track. Uh, today we're setting up at Nashville Speedway for the Rally 400. Uh, gonna be an awesome race. We have Matt Crafton racing on Friday. We have Noah Gragson racing on Saturday. And then we got Ty Dillon racing on Sunday. Black Rifle is in the fan zone at NASCAR in Tennessee, and we are super excited. We're passing out a ton of coffee, giving out stickers, and here with our racers doing meet and greet. Being my first NASCAR event, actually I'm pretty excited. Um, different world to different culture. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, excited to meet new people as we do this thing, and let's just go, let's have a good time. 
Holy shnikes, that Matt Best song was awesome. That was awesome. So that is our year in review. We'll pick up some more on the next one because I got some climate to cover and the White House. We got to cover the White House press briefing because, you know, it's so important. But these motherfuckers lie worse than the last administration and nobody cares. I've upped up the sites to find me at soundcloud.com backslash flyover politic with a K. Rumble. 482467. And from now on, since the website's going to be gone on the 4th, FOP Podcast. F O P P O D C A S T. Foxtrot, Oscar, Papa, Papa, Oscar, Delta, Charlie, Alpha, Sierra, Tango at gmail.com to link up with me. Ask me to do something. Tell me to fuck off. I just like an email from somebody saying to fuck off. But make sure you put in the heading, podcast request or something i think i got one from somebody the other day how's it going great show but i didn't know if it was just some bullshit because i get a lot of bullshit in gmail that's why i went to a aol for my personal email because gmail and outlook turned into a bucket of shit this uh year has probably been the worst year i've ever had in my life but i'm still standing been through a lot of sacrifice, had to give up a lot of things, been through about every broken thing you can have, including my body. But 2023 is going to be a good year. As I say for my driver, Martin Truex, who had every ailment you could have, broken water pumps, blown tires, bad pit strategy, bad pit crew. Next year, he's going to have a great year. And this next year, I'm going to have a great year. And we're going to have a great podcast here. 61 podcasts, the least I've ever done. And I apologize for that. But we're at 650. So I want to shoot back for my two a week, at least, which gives you 100 podcasts of quality stuff. Keep it at the hour and 30 minutes. And at the behest of my big sis and Matt Norrigan, I'm going to start a new section where I just tell a story every once in a while. So once a week, I'll just do a story of something funny, something important, try to be a little more meaningful than just the usual catfight of politics bullshit that we're having. Definitely increase the military aspect to start covering more stories on that, especially with the criminal justice system being overhauled. I don't know how you take over the UCMJ and make it race-related because the entire thing's about not having races and being green. But what do I know? Um, but I want to I want to say to everybody out there, thank you so much for listening and sticking with me. I got back on track, maybe in November, I guess. Uh, most of the year, you got one every couple weeks, and for that, I apologize. My health was just too bad. But I thank you for listening and still being with me. There's people who've been listening forever. Every show gets an average of about 40, 50 listens. So for those people that are out there listening, I really appreciate it. I know there's a million other podcasts out there. It's hard to compete with all that, but I try to make it at least encompass something that's got something you're going to be interested in. A little fun, a little laughs, a lot of me screaming, I know, but hopefully that's entertaining too. So I appreciate every one of you, every single one of you. So this wraps up another episode of Flower Politic Podcast. Share it with your family and friends and go to SoundCloud, Flyover Politic with the K, Rumble, 482-467, and send emails to foppodcast at gmail.com. 
You wanted something covered, you got a question, you will get a male motherfucker segment in here. I got the soundbite. I just don't use it a lot. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yes. Have a great, happy New Year's. Enjoy your family. Be safe. And we're going to go since uh, today is Friday, 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 Friday. We're going to go with third of January, year of our Lord, 2023. I want to now wish my son a happy 33rd birthday on the 2nd of January. And Matt in Oregon is having a birthday this month, but we'll hit it when it comes with another raptastic old, older brother, fat ass, broken dude that used to be a badass getting on the mic and busting out a rhyme. My little bro, I'm going to post it on the show. So get ready to get jiggy with it. Until then, thank you once again for listening to this little old podcast. Take care and have a happy and safe New Year's. Thank you.